us on this relevance and dominance. And I want to believe it's been over and over again, right, in the course of the past six teachings, today being the seventh, is that being skillful is a requirement for the believer. It is not just enough for us to be prayerful. We also need to be skillful. The average believer already knows that you're supposed to be prayerful, right? About your business, about your career, you know, about whatever it is you're involved in. But oftentimes, the church has necessity of being skillful. And that's what we have been focusing on in this teaching. And I want to believe it's been value-adding. I was spoken about the fact that the first skill needed is deep spirituality, and the second is selling. And number three, we said, is networking. 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 There's a part um, on the selling, right, which I will definitely uh, most likely teach during the quantum leap in the month of May. Praise the Lord. All right. So we're going to continue from where I stopped last week, Sunday. We said the third skill needed is networking skills. I believe we already know that according to God's plan and intention, 26 that God wants us to have dominion right he wants us to have dominion in our businesses in our careers especially in our field of play however it will not happen if you are by yourself I'm going to say that again in Genesis 1 26 the Bible says let us make man in our own image after our own likeness it says and let them have dominion and the same God went on further in Genesis 2 and verse 18 to say that it is no good for man to be alone so it simply means that if you are going to experience the promised dominance and relevance in the marketplace, in business, in career, you must realize that that relevance and dominance can never happen if you are just by yourself. Am I making sense this morning? In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 to 10, if you can have it on the screen, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 to 10, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 10, the Bible says two are better than one. Somebody say two are better than one. So here the Bible is emphasizing that it is better to be in partnership. You see, we live in a part of the world where trust is at the very, is at barest minimum. And that's why many of our, in, uh, many of our enterprise really does well. You see, if you do your research, you realize that the top corporations, top businesses in the world may have been founded by one person, but they usually have co-founders. The Bible says two are better than one. So it simply means no matter what you can do by yourself, in spite of the results you are even currently achieving, if you get into partnership with the right people, you will achieve better in that thing you're doing. You see, that's why, you know, there are some parts of the world, in the Western world, whereby if you present a check, you know, if you take a check to the bank in the, this part of the world, there will be a lot of calling verifying cross-check signature do you know there are parts of the world that if you present a check nobody cross-checks it they just pay immediately because they don't expect that a normal thinking human being will bring a dot check to the bank because they know you they expect that you should know it's a crime that if you are caught you're going to go to jail for it but the reason why that happens is because there is no trust there is no trust 
And you see, the lesser we trust ourselves, the more difficult it will, it will be to network. And the lesser we network, the you know, less relevance we'll become as believers in the marketplace. I strongly believe that one of the advantages that doing business or being um, in, in, uh, on the career path as believers, right, one of the leverage you should give us is even to do better than the unbelieving. However, sometimes even believers don't even trust each other. But it does not negate the principles of scriptures that says that two are better than one. I want you to look at the person sitting next to you. You say two are better than one. Look at someone else and say you can do better with someone than you are currently doing by yourself. So he says two are better than one. Why? He says because they have a good reward for their labor. They, now pay attention to that word, they have a good reward for their labor. One of the reasons why people also don't engage in networking, especially in business in this part of the world and in career, is because the attention is usually on me. So someone says, oh, let's do this together. But in thinking of let's do this together, the average person is only thinking of how they can use and take advantage of the person they have asked to come on the journey with them. And how they can take all the reward. But the Bible is saying that two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. And say, so let me tell you this. 50% of a billion is better than 100% of one million. I hear what I'm saying. And that's what happens when you are in the right network. The Bible says one which is a thousand and two which is two thousand. Is that what it says? It says two which is how many? Ten thousand. It simply means when you are in the right network, your result is amplified. But the average person would rather be complete chairman, CEO, co there's even no co-founder, founder, president of one million than to be co-founder of one billion. Think about it. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. It says, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Now pay attention to the next thing it says. It says, but woe to him that is alone when he falls. Now, look at what the Bible says. It didn't say if he falls. It says when. I want you to look at the person sitting next to you. You say, you will fall. It's only a matter of time. See, I love the Bible because it's so complete. Business and career, you will make certain mistakes. But it says, you know that word woe is a, an old English way of describing destruction. You see, when you are by yourself and you are confronted with an unexpected and overwhelming challenge, the calamity is usually very great. But when you are going through a season of contradiction with a partner, one of the things that happens is that the burden is shared and the solution you may not have, your partner or co-founder can have it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he says that woe to him that is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him. Do you have people that can help you? Do you have people that if you, you know, need something now, right, they will put themselves in a position of disadvantage to ensure that thing happens for you, even though it is not convenient for them to do it? I think I already mentioned this last week, Sunday, that your network is not the people you know. Some people take glory in the fact that they have some people's number. The person's number you have makes no difference. The question is, if you call the number, can they pick it? Or when you keep calling? You know, some people always like to prove a point. They say, I have this person's number. They'll tell their friends. Or when they're around people, they say, oh, yeah, call the person. I will call if you will pick now. 
they now call they don't pick. In fact, the more you call to prove a point, they just block the number. Oh, you just hear the number you have tried is switched off. Because you are a nuisance. Because the fact that you have the number does not mean, say, you may have somebody's number, it does not mean they are in your network. Your network are the people you know and the people that know you. And the people that can come to your head when you are in need of help, that's your network. So you can even be in a church with someone that can be of assistance to you. The fact that you are church members does not mean you are in the same network. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we need to get that right. In Genesis 13 and verse 20. Genesis 2 and verse 8, uh, 18, sorry. It says, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. In Proverbs 13 and verse 20, it says, He that walks with the wise, right, will be wise. It says, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Those who walk with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. So it talks about the quality of people you must allow into your network. Because let me tell you this, every relationship in your life has an influence on your bottom line. I came across a research many years ago. This is well over 10 years ago. You know, when I started having understanding of networks, the quality of the relationships in your life, and in that, it's a finance book. And one of the things the author said was that if you want to know where you will end up in life financially, he said, find out the income, right, the annual income of the four or five closest people to you and divide it by five. He said, your income will never leave that bracket. And I did that exercise. And almost every year I've been doing it. Because let me tell you this, you cannot break through beyond your network. Let nobody lie to you. You cannot. You cannot. You will always play around that figure. Always. So if you realize that your network is too small, build a new network. Build a new network. Because a companion of fools will be destroyed. It doesn't have to be a fool. But as long as it's a companion of fools, it will be destroyed. The companion of the poor will be poor. The companion of the failures will be failure. The companion of the successful will be successful. The companion of those rising will rise. The companion of victims will be a victim. That's why one of the reasons the poor keeps remaining poor is because every friend of the poor is also poor. So how will you break free? And the reason why the rich keep becoming rich is because the friends of the rich are rich. So networking, please write this down, is the process of initiating, cultivating, and maintaining symbiotic, valuable relationships. Networking is the process of initiating, cultivating, and maintaining symbiotic, valuable relationships. So when many people think about networking, they only think of, ah, I've met this person. It does not mean the person is already yet in your network. You have just taken the first step, which is initiating. A relationship you don't cultivate and maintain is still not in your network. It's just that that person has left the level of being a stranger to becoming an acquaintance. So there are people that many of us we know here. That you know that, ah, maybe you're going through something. Maybe you, you have an idea. You need an angel investor. Most likely, you know someone that has the resources to help you. But you yourself, you know you don't have the, you know, you, you know you don't have the social capital to place that kind of demand on that relationship. 
Because you know the person. Most likely the person also knows you. But you have not cultivated that relationship to that extent. Because networking is a process of initiating, of cultivating, and maintaining. It's just like when you plant a seed. No sane farmer goes to a field, plants a seed, and just leaves it there. What's going to happen when it comes back? It will harvest weeds. That's the way relationships are. Your network, you don't just initiate them. You cultivate them and you maintain them. One of the people that have mastered this a lot are politicians. <laughs> when you see someone in his 40s attending the birthday of a five-year-old, do you think it's because of the five-year-old is attending the birthday? No, it's because of the father of the five-year-old. That's cultivating and maintaining that relationship. Because yeah, children's birthday, what do I want to go and do there? It's not about the child. It's about the person that owns the child. But you know, believe I say, ah, no, that time, I want to go to the mountain. Many of what you are looking for in the mountain is in the valley. You know, one of the things that Jesus even said, he said, in the end time, he said, don't say, oh, we are going to the mountain, Jesus is there. You don't know Jesus said that? It's in your Bible. If you read it, you see it there. If mountain is your thing, by all means, go. I'm not discouraging you from going to the mountain, but make sure you are not going to seek for in the mountain what is nearby. There are two types of network we already said. Number one is conscious networks, and number two is unconscious networks. Now, the major difference between successful and the unsuccessful is that most of the relationships in the life of the unsuccessful people are the relationships that they did not consciously build. Those are the unconscious networks. But for the successful people, a larger percentage of the relationships in their life are the ones that they chose consciously. And that's the difference. The conscious networks are the relationships you choose. The unconscious networks are the relationships that chose you. The relationship with your family members, you didn't choose it. You just woke up one day and you realize these are my siblings, these are my parents. If many of us had to choose, we would not choose your family. We would rather choose to be born where? In Belgium, <laughs> not in Ikorodu, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, you had no choice in the matter. Now, there is nothing wrong with your unconscious networks if they are helping you to get to where you need to get to. As long as Joseph was still among his brethren, he would never become what God wants him to become. That's why when you study the Bible, you see, one of the things you will realize is that everyone that God did something massive with, he separated them from their household. Everyone, without fail, every. I'm not saying almost every. I'm studying the Bible. Including Jesus. Do you know that until Jesus resurrected, his siblings huh, did not believe in him? He's in your Bible. James, the brother of Jesus, eventually wrote a chapter in the Bible. Was not part of his disciples. Was not part of the church. Certain things will only be proven uh, after you begin to build your conscious networks. The problem with many of us is the way or the place where you were born is the place you want to die. And you're expecting God to route everything that he wants to do in your life through the people that you grew up with. Not necessarily. Sometimes it does that. Sometimes it doesn't. 
Our lives are daily impacted by our networks. That is the people in our lives. For instance, you look at Jonah and the other travelers. That's from Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1 to 16. As long as Jonah was in the sheep, those people will never get to where they are going. The Bible says they were praying. Every man was calling on his God. See, there are some things that it is not prayer that we answer it. It is a change of network. In fact, the way God will answer that prayer is that he will introduce new relationships into your life. And you know, the same thing happened to Apostle Paul and the people he was traveling with. Paul the Apostle, when they were going to go on that journey, he told them that I perceive that this journey is going to be placed down. The Bible says, but when the captain looked at the weather and saw that everything was commodious, he said, let us go on this journey. The Bible says, and a storm arose. And everybody was going to die, if not because Paul was in that ship. And he said to them, he said, I already told you that we shouldn't go on this trip. He said, however, no life will be lost because God has already spoken to me. Who is in your ship? He determines if you will wreck or arrive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It determines. There is no neutral ground. Your network will either determine whether you will arrive or you will shipwreck. You see the same thing in the life of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. The most, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe that guy. He is a classic example of faith. Classic example. Because what his grandfather built for 40 years, and his father built for 40 years, he lost in one day. One day, not one year. In fact, it was because of the love God had for David and the covenant God already made with David. That's why God ensured that he kept one tribe. Out of, 12. out of 12. And what happened? He didn't understand the power of God. The Bible says when he became king. The people came to him and said, your father Solomon placed so much, you know, demand on us financially when it comes to taxes because of all the construction. Now those things have been built. Can you reduce the taxes? He went to the people that counseled his father and he said, very fantastic idea. He said, if you do that, these people will serve you for the rest of their life. You know what he did? He went after going to the conscious networks, which was the elders. Because that was not a relationship he grew up with. He now went to the unconscious networks. The people he was already used to. His friends. Those were saying, ah, don't listen to them, oh. They will think you are a weak man. The Bible says he listened to them. And eventually, he lost everything. What they told him that he will keep, he lost. The people you are asking questions and counsel from, have they built anything in their life? No. Have their fathers built anything? No. But they are your best counselors. Think about it. Think about it. So your lives, your business, your career. See, the best jobs are not gotten by submission of CVs. They are gotten by reference. In fact, the submission of the CV only comes because you are aware there is an opening. And the best openings usually come uh, before it is made public. Get it wrong. Get it wrong. You see, one of the things I discovered like 15 years ago, was, it's also a financial problem, is that when something is ready So for instance, when the stock market, when they announce that, oh, there's a, an IPO, most times the people that really need to buy the major shares, They've already bought it. You now put one thousand dollars. It's a good practice. Is that 
that one that will make you a millionaire? Really? <laughs> the power of networks. Without a Jonathan in the life of David, David would never have become king. With the anointing of Samuel on his head and God's calling, he would have been killed by Saul. Many anointed people have been assassinated. Many. Many anointed people don't arrive at their God or the You know why? Because they don't have the networks that will preserve them. Jonathan was the one that even told David that I know you will be king and I will be second in command. But you know what Jonathan did? He also went back to his unconscious network. He went to associate with his father. And he himself already knew. He told David that I know God has given you the kingdom. And you know what happened? The day they assassinated, oh, that one is not even assassination because he was in battle. The day he killed, they killed his father in battle, they killed him too. He knew he was supposed to be second in command, but that never happened. Why? Because he was sentimental about his network. See, one of the greatest things you can do to yourself is not to be sentimental with your relationships. And the only way that can happen is for you to be sensitive to your destiny. See, in life, you are either sentimental about your relationships or you are sensitive to your destiny. But there is no middle ground. Many are always very sentimental. Ah, what do people now say? It will now seem as if I'm now behaving big boy. I'm not. <laughs> See, people can think before you do anything, people are already thinking. After you do what you will do, they are still going to think. So people have the right to think whatever they want to think. The question is, are you sensitive to your own destiny or you are more concerned about what people are thinking about you? Very big question. The secret of success is not very hard to figure out. A man said, he said, the better you are at connecting with people, the better the quality of your life. The better you are at connecting with people, the better the quality of your life. The better you are at connecting with people, the better the quality of your life. You see, what many believers call office politics is simply a lack of understanding of networking skills. And see, human beings are political beings. Wherever two or three people are gathered, there shall be politics. Am I making sense? And we say, ah, there's so much politics in this office. There's so much of politics in this industry. There is politics everywhere. Even in the family, there is politics. I hear what I'm saying. So it's not something to attack. It's something to position yourself for so that you can be at an advantage. See, there are certain things you can't fight. It is human nature. To make it a crusade that you say, I want to fight this, is a battle in futility. You can never win. You say, ah, there's so much politics here. There's politicking in this place. You yourself, you are even political. You just don't know. What are the networking mistakes people make? Networking mistakes. Number one, is networking only when you need it? No, that's what many do. When they need certain people, that's when they now try to initiate those relationships. It's already too late. A network is like a well. You don't just start digging it when you are thirsty. It's just like someone who is going through, you know, I don't even hear much of that anymore. You know, before, how people used to jack is that they would go through the desert. How of us remember those days. And some would die in the desert. <laughs> they don't do that anymore now. It's masters. Go and do masters. Anyway. 
Imagine someone who wants to jackpot <laughs> or escape <laughs> maybe the country or wherever. And you don't have to pass through the desert, but you don't have water. And you don't know how far the desert is. So when you now become thirsty, unfortunately or unfortunately, you had the shovel with you. So when you are thirsty, you now start digging for a well. Will you be alive to drink from that way? No, because you will even die in the process. That's what happens to many people when it comes to networking. Is when they want to do something. You see, people are not stupid. When you call someone, there are people that they already know you that once they see your call, it's because you need something. Are people like that? There are people like that that when they come, you already know this person needs something. And automatically, I've made up my mind. The answer is no. Because I'm not a tool to be used. And every same person, every person who is, a, 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 you know, building something of worth in life, they are like that. You see, let me tell you this. The average successful person is always on guard. Because almost everybody comes around them to use them. Always. A friend of mine, a couple of years ago, you know, someone was telling me about him, he said, when you ask him something, his first response, even before he thinks about it, is always no. He said, later he can now call you, maybe some hours later, I said, ah, that thing you said, okay, okay, let's do it. He said, but automatically when you say anything like, can I, he said, no. <laughs> he has programmed, he said, no. <laughs> no. So because everybody that comes around him is always making a request. That's a networking mistake. Building or trying to initiate a network only when you need it is a sure guarantee you will never have quality people in your life. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. The second mistake is not making networking a lifestyle. Not making networking a lifestyle is another networking mistake. Every time you find yourself in a new place, huh? initiate a new relationship. Don't be all by yourself. The God that made man said it is not good for man to be alone. If it were a prophet that said it, would have said, nah, that prophet in the Bible does not really understand what they say. God, huh? the one that made human beings. He was the one who said, after he had made everything, the Bible says when, on the first day, he said it is good. Second day, it is good. When he made man, he said, ah, this is not good. So it means God himself realized he did something that is not good to make only one man. So you've got to make it a lifestyle. It has to be your lifestyle. You have to be a people person. Some people say, me, I'm not a people person. I just like to be by myself. Ah, yeah, it's demonic oppression. It's not normal. It's not normal. Let me tell you this. I'll tell you in plain language. One of the ways the devil will afflict you is by isolating you. He will first isolate you before he attacks you. So when you realize that you are becoming more by yourself, let me tell you this, the devil is cooking you up for an attack. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. So I mean, I am, you know, me, my kind of person. There is no kind of person. Huh? God didn't make you that way. Your upbringing may have made you that way. Low self-esteem may have made you that way. Something may have made you that way, but it is not a normal way to live. The normal way you are supposed to live is that you are supposed to be a people person because two are better than one. Look at your neighbor once again and say two are better than one. So it's a mistake not to make networking a lifestyle. There's someone, you know, one of um, 
the top movie producers, not necessarily the best. <laughs> I don't want to mention names, you know. Yesterday, I was just, I just stumbled on her timeline, you know, and I, she, she went to vote. And she was talking about all the people she met at that um, at her polling unit. And she mentioned the name of someone. She said, and the beautiful mentioned the person's name that I just met. This is someone that by a societal standard, she should not be trying to meet anybody. People should be trying to meet her. When I saw it, I was just like, that's it. Of course, you have not achieved much. Your, your salary just increased by 10,000 naira. Your shoulder is like... You are, now, like, like, you are now carrying yourself like you have boil under your armpit because of 10,000 naira increase. The people that are up there, that's why they are up there. It's a lifestyle. See, let me tell you this. Real successful people, not people that they dash success, they are usually humble when you get close to them. And it takes humility to network, to get out of your comfort zone and say, oh, I want to meet someone. You, see, let me tell you this. One of the ways you can even practice this thing is in church. People who just come to church and say, you, you know, sometimes I meet some people and say, well, how long have you been in church? Oh, I've been coming for the past three months. I say, do you have any friends? They say, no. So I just do my thing. There's nothing like that. Do your thing. What's your thing? Even the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it says, don't forsake the gathering together of the believers. And the gathering is not just that you just come to church. No, 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 no. There has to be somebody that knows you and people that you know. Not just walk into church and just walk out. It's an opportunity for you to meet people. After service, don't just up and leave and just pack your things. Walk up to someone. Oh my, introduce yourself. If they don't introduce themselves, introduce yourself. Some people will say not do it, even though I just said this. That's one of the ways you will know that the devil has assigned himself to you. That you say you will not go far. That's one of the ways you know. You need to make it a lifestyle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Service can't hurt and you just sit by yourself. See, many of us, the key to your breakthrough is sitting two rows away from you or behind you or in front of you. But sometimes your miracle does not look like it. It never does. It never does. Imagine Naaman the general. If he had looked down on the slave in his house, you see, it must have been that there is a measure of conversation that was taking place between him and that girl. For the girl to have the confidence to say, sir, this leprosy you have, it can be you do. There's a prophet in our city. Anything he does, anything he talks to God about, God answers. So, oh, really? His name is Elisha. Just go. Give him address. It means it was not a boss that just... All of you, even where you walk, you don't, do you believe that some people have been into in that workplace? You don't greet the gate man, you don't greet the domestic staff because you went to school and got a pali. So you think, I mean, me, I can't be talking to those, those, those illiterates. Hello, educated person. Those illiterate, I can't be talking to them. I mean, do you know the school I went to? There are many people that didn't go to school that are making more money than you. It's not about the certificate you have. The certificate is simply a recognition of the fact that you went somewhere and spent five years there. That's all. It's not a proof or a guarantee that you will succeed in life. So be humble. The third networking mistake is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. If everything must be about you in a relationship, you will never have quality people in your life. 
Self-centeredness is a networking mistake. So even when you are initiating a relationship because you know that this relationship can be of benefit to you in the future, uh, also think of what you can add to that relationship. The mistake a lot of people make is when they look at people of means or people that have achieved the measure of success, they, uh, they, they already have everything. It's a lie. There is nobody that has everything. And it takes genuine interest for you to recognize the role you can play in their life. They may have things you don't have, but there is something you have they don't have. And for everyone you meet, there is something you have that they don't have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But self-centeredness will not let you see what you can have to them. It will only make you see what you can take from them. You take their time, take their energy, take their idea. I don't know who came up with that stupid phrase pick people's brain. Say, some people want to say, ah, sir, I don't know if I can just spend like, you know, 30 minutes with you. I want to pick my, your brain. You can't pick my brain. Pick my brain. What happened to your own brain? If everybody's picking my brain like that, will I have any brain left? You know, self-centeredness in conversation. And these things are unconscious. People just say it. I want to pick people's brain. What do you want to add to that brain? you want to hurt. Self-centeredness is a mistake. I hear what I'm saying. A serious mistake. You see, even in church as believers, do you know you can come to church to the house of God with a self-centeredness approach? That's why one of the things that I fear most is the kind of, in quote, what this generation of Nigerian Christian is calling revival. I'm, I shudder. And what we call revival is people praying every day. And all they're asking God is what they need. God, I want a visa. God, I want it. That's not revival. Revival is an awakening of people's consciousness to the needs and desires of God and his kingdom. Not taking from God. You can't tell me that's a revival. Go and study the real revivals where it happened. People didn't even have to pray for things. Things were just happening. That's not a revival. Study your Bible. When the revival happened in Acts chapter 2, they were not asking God. They were not the ones that prayed that God let people understand our language. The Bible says every man had them in their own language. It was not a prayer point. As I've always said it, no matter what we're doing in this church, any prayer I want to pray, we will pray kingdom first. If you don't like it, it's your business. Self-centeredness. Some people just, as they start praying, Father, that thing I said yesterday, you have not done it. Though. You said we should remind you. <laughs> if you are the one somebody keeps coming to like that, won't you run away from them? This person just wants to suck me dry every day. Is request, 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 request. Don't be self-centered. And let me tell you this. People can sense it when you are self-centered. When it's all about you. When it's all about you. That's why I always make it a rule. Don't go into the press. Certain people whose presence you must not go to. Who you must not even visit empty-handed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, it's not that they need what you are giving. It's just a principle of saying that I've not just come to take from you. I've come to hurt you. As much as, as little as that seems or sounds, I've been talking about it for years. Some people still have not adopted it as a lifestyle. See, one of the ways to position yourself in the heart of your boss, our boss must say, how much is the salary they are even paying me? Sometimes buy something for your boss. At least he will celebrate or she will celebrate birthday once in a year. Don't just do collective cake in the office. And even when they are contributing for the cake, your money is not there. But you are the one that will carry the cake. And your song will be loudest. Happy birthday. Deceiving everybody that you are part of those that contributed to it. Don't do that. 
Don't do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know how these things work. I've been in a corporate environment. It's just people that they even be like, they're even the one that they are dance. Once I see the co contribute, co contribute, there's no contribution. So they believe that dance is their own contribution. <laughs> and last for this morning, have you been blessed? Is asking for help or favors at first contact. Asking for help and favor at first contact is a mistake. Serious mistake. It's just like when you go to a bank, you open a bank account today. You know, today you can open bank accounts with zero naira. Zero dollars. And the next day, you've not made deposits. You go there and say you want to make withdrawal. What will happen? They will arrest you. That's what many people do. You meet someone today, tomorrow you place a demand. Ah, ah. That has been your intention all along. You don't need to tell us, we already know. See, sometimes even if you meet someone in the early stages and you have not made an investment in that relationship and you know that person can solve that problem, let me tell you this. Tell yourself, what if I didn't meet this person? Don't place that demand. Trust God to supply that need through another relationship. Because even if that is not your motive, first impression lasts longest. They will believe that was your motive all along. That's why the first thing you must do also at first contact is to add favor or go with a gift. Because that will also last forever. Or place a demand. I say, hey, sir, that's it. You know, yesterday we were talking. You said that you know somebody somewhere, you know. Sir, actually, I've been trying to do that thing. You know, can you help me, sir? He said, I'll get back to you. Most times they never do. And you also lose that access. Father, in the name of Jesus.